a new Negro spiritual. Don't let these devils ever take your shine. Don't let these devils ever make you cry. Yes, they just mad cause you just fly. But we are right cause we don't die. We multiply. Gonna make these devils learn cause we gonna fight. Welcome back to Poor Life Decision. I am Chris. I'm Doyen. And it's President's Day. <laughs> Yay, Obama. Did you see the post that uh, Hillary put on Instagram? Yes. Was- <laughs> I was like, oh, bitch, you shady. <laughs> and then, like, because I've been arguing with my coworkers on the apostrophe for, like, President's and Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it belongs to the president, so we got to have it. And she's like, not really. It's just President's Day. So I was like, Hillary, <laughs> score one for Hillary for giving me the right apostrophe usage. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely has an apostrophe. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just weird because it's like, like AP style, it might have it. And then other forms it doesn't it's just really weird yeah i do what i want so here we are (laughs) obviously (laughs) so doyan how has your week been what are you drinking all that good stuff um so if i could describe my weekend in two words it would be budget buster okay (laughs) so i was like oh i'll be good on money i'm not gonna be you know struggling last week before payday and then I just ran out. <laughs> uh, I know. So all these presidents say they sales <laughs> got me. Yeah, I checked but, my account oh. several times this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, oh, I still have money for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I also binge Celebrity Big Brother. So I follow I Tamar. <laughs> it's funny because I follow Tamar on Instagram. And I saw her winning. Like, yeah. she posted a clip of it. And I was like, how? Like, <laughs> how did she win? <laughs> so I've been watching it, like, nonstop all weekend. And I had, like, an episode and a half to go before I'm done. <laughs> I saw but that you were watching. And I meant <laughs> to ask you about that because I was like, well, why is she watching now? There's no way she doesn't know that Tamar won. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, it's a huge spoiler. And I forgot to ask you about it. So do, can you now see how she won? No. Oh. <laughs> well, what is the I deal literally... with Lindsay Lohan coming at her? Like, where's that coming from? Did she fall out Probably with Dina on did. the show or something? I assume she did. But you didn't see anything? It. it hasn't happened yet. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> like okay. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I'm like, how? Like, even both Tamar and Candy, I feel like they've been tolerated the whole time. Oh, really? <laughs> so I don't understand oh, how wow. she would. But, you know, we'll see how it goes in a little bit. All I saw, which I don't watch Big Brother, but I saw a clip on Twitter of Tamar, like, going in her room. And I guess she was praying. <laughs> she was, like, wrapped up on the bed. And then she, like, caught the spirit. And then she like <laughs> cried a little bit. And then she just it was just so overly dramatic. And I was like, she is me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I I love her. I I can see how people are annoyed by her, but she's so extra. I am definitely annoyed by her a lot of times, but I still love her. Like I love Tamar, but it it took me a while to build up a tolerance. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just because she's pretty, so I want to like her. It's the halo effect. Okay, (laughs) that makes sense. (laughs) So, what else did you do? I feel like I've told you I've done enough. (laughs) I went to church. (laughs) Um, I'm drinking like a sort of Paloma, which is really just tequila and grapefruit soda and a squeeze of lime. But that's pretty much what a Paloma is, except for it's like real grapefruit juice. But I'm bummed. I love grapefruit soda. I have some blood orange soda, and I started to try to just make something with that, but I didn't. (laughs) Anyway. That'd be good with tequila. Anyways. I don't buy a lot of tequila. I guess I'm going to have to, I guess I'm going to have to start. Um, (laughs) I don't really, I don't know. I have bad memories connected with tequila. Right? Like, I took a very long break from tequila, but my line sister that lives here drinks tequila, and then she kind of got me on tequila, so here we go. Last time I went on a tequila bender, <laughs> <laughs> I was with a group of friends. Oh. <laughs> um, actually, no, 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 no. They're not from your line. They're not from your line. But anyway, um, we ended up in Jackson at a club. Um, we were taking Patron shots in the car before we mm. got to the club so that we could be lit when we got to the club. We didn't have any limes. So, and I'm mm. like, girl, I need limes when I take shots. So Candace goes in the store and buys lime candy. <laughs> like those, those gummy rings. No. <laughs> hey, you got to do what you got to do. No, you don't got to do that. Needless <laughs> to say, the night ended with all of us falling asleep in IHOP. And we wake up to this to the waiter like shaking me vigorously, like, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> and I was pissed because I was sleeping. <laughs> I just feel like y'all eating the lime candy is kinda like bird box where she had gave those kids those like stale pop tarts and like, ooh, this is what a strawberry tastes like. <laughs> you just can't <laughs> It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. But you have to improvise. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> anyway, um, what did I do this weekend? Well, so I've been lightly cleaning all weekend long, and I didn't have to work today. So I kind of tried to finish that up. Of course, now you really can't tell <laughs> because I clean up, and then I start pulling stuff out again. I don't know what's wrong with me. But anyway, the plan was to clean up so that the full moon that's coming up so that because I like to have a clean house when I sage, So I need to sage my house. I need to sage my crystals, my rock, my ring, my my crystal jewelry that I wear. Like I haven't worn any of my rings in so long because they need to be saged. So that was <laughs> what I did this week. Preparing for all that. And I'm just drinking some sangria. That's it. Keeping it like nice a handmade sangria, or you bought some sangria? No, I bought sangria. I've never made it. Um, have you made sangria? Yeah, I should have known. Of, You're gonna have to share your recipe with me. Yeah. Oh, well, never mind. I'll just keep buying <laughs> it. Never mind. 
And I buy a cheap one too, so I'm not gonna say what it is. But um, so <laughs> it's my favorite. Uh, high key and low key. I bought that Capriccio sangria. It, okay, I want to try it. I have someone who um has a tolerance. I drink. <laughs> right. That's no surprise. But that one, um, I'm sure make sure to put a lot of ice <laughs> to water it down. <laughs> So it really and does get you messed up? Yes. I don't know what about it. I don't know if it's the sugar. I don't know if it's alcohol. But like, literally, I think I drink like one. <laughs> and I'm oh, good. wow. Oh, wow. I wanted to try it, but I hesitated on buying it because most people say it's just so nasty. Mm, it's just really sweet. I like to okay. get it watered down. Okay. So you're trying to tell me I need to buy ice. I mean, I guess you could put a lot of water in it if you want to, but no, I ice mine. I'll just get a bag of ice from the liquor store. I mean, I do that sometimes when it's something that I know I'm going to need ice for. I'll just buy a bag from the liquor store. <laughs> I mean, it's only a dollar, so <laughs> I'll get some yeah. ice. So moving along, it is um, Black History Month. <laughs> yes, Lord. And great things have happened. But the greatest thing is when a hero comes along. <laughs> With the strength to carry on. <laughs> Our mother. Our favorite butterfly, Mimi. Mariah Carey. Just won a lawsuit. A multi-million dollar lawsuit. Against her billionaire ex. <laughs> wow. Wasting her time. <laughs> and I stand. <laughs> Wow. Wow. When I saw that, I was like, yes. Um, I, first of all, when I first heard that she was like filing suit against him, I thought, this is why I love her. This is why I love her. She said, don't waste my time. And that's what I'm going to start. I'm going to start charging these niggas from right. for wasting Send my time. Send a cash app request. <laughs> it, it just made my heart so glad. I love her so much. And it's hilarious that <laughs> she she got five million dollars up off of him, which probably is nothing because he's a billionaire. But I'm telling um, you, a leader we can learn from, right? It's beautiful. She didn't even have to create a whole sad album about their breakup. It just was like paying five million dollars. <laughs> and honestly, are we surprised? Like, are we surprised no. if anyone is going to charge you? <laughs> For wasting their time, would it not be Mimi? Would it not be? It hundred percent would be. <laughs> I love it so much. And people were like, people always want to be like, she's such a diva. And I'm like, so right. So? <laughs> she deserves. <laughs> she does exactly. When you when you accomplish, when you can hit them airy notes like Mariah, right. then you you too can be a diva. Uh, moving along, so um. I guess I don't know if it's like a a nationwide thing. I feel like very much in the South, Payless was like a huge presence growing up as a kid. So like everybody had those light up shoes and <laughs> and the Christmas <laughs> Mary Janes <laughs> and things like that. And apparently it was really abrupt. All of a sudden this weekend they were like Payless yeah. was like, Hey, we're closing down all our stores, we're going bankrupt. I felt it was abrupt too. Like normally you hear that a store is struggling. Like we heard about Toys R Us forever. We heard about Sears forever. 
but it's just like we at y'all <laughs> like right okay <laughs> and like i haven't i haven't been to pay less in years but i don't yeah. know for some reason it still makes me feel sad <laughs> This is that's gonna why. be me when uh Kato's files for bankruptcy. This <laughs> 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 is uh I felt like I don't know, as an adult, Payless charged way too much money for shoes of their echelon. Yes, yes. <laughs> and people thought I was crazy for saying that, and I'd be like, No, that's a shoe that you know you're gonna get one wear. Like one right. wear, that's it. Yeah, and and it's so weird because it's like they're talking about the disruption in retail. And it's like once website started, why didn't you have an online presence? <laughs> like, why did y'all wait till Amazon dragged y'all through the mud right. before you decided an online presence was necessary? And let me say but, this: so I discovered a long time ago that Payless website you could actually find like really cute shoes that were slightly better quality than what you found in the <laughs> store and you could have them shipped to the store and then you didn't have to pay shipping. So I learned that like fresh out of college. And <laughs> I don't understand why they didn't build on that. Yeah. Oh, you know what I just thought about? They just pulled that whole stunt. Remember where they were acting like their shoes were like luxury shoes? Hey, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, what was that all about? If you're just going... <sighs> I, well, yeah, I just wonder if it was a, more like a hedge fund thing. Like, um, like Toys R Us, where somebody took out a whole lot of debt in their day. But their website is like, even now, I don't know if their website has always looked like this, but it's basically a shell. Like, you can look and see what they have, but then you have to find a store to actually get it oh no uh-uh. their website their website wasn't like that before oh and according so, to the article though it's only, aren't the shoes though it's <laughs> only the u.s stores that are closed. yeah so yeah i wonder They're gonna what, be selling those chanclas still <laughs> <laughs> i wonder what european payless shoes look like mm-hmm. i wonder what the quality probably not <laughs> but I don't know. Okay. All right. So moving along. Um. So usually we we all like to kiki if it be sent because he be doing the most at all times. But um, recently this NYPD, I think they said he was a commander, told his um, the people that he was over uh to like shoot fifty cent on sight. <laughs> And he's like, oh, I was just joking. But I was like, if they would have listened, right. <laughs> it was a bad situation. So he um, he told his cops to get the strap and take out 50 cents. I, honestly, I don't know what it is with our news, but like they made the threat in June the 7th. So like it's been a while, but now like it's actually being investigated. <laughs> like it's. It's rare, like you said, that we get to feel things for 50 cents. <laughs> but, I mean, that's a serious deal. And then, mm-hmm. according to the article, like, this guy is just kind of dirty anyway. He's He's got a history of this sort of thing. And I thought it was funny. Well, not funny, but 
And I thought it was kind of weird, like when he was trying to shake down that club owner, mm-hmm. that he was like, <laughs> part of his demands was like a generator for, um, uh, help me, my brain is for dying. a doctor after Hurricane Maria. Yeah, and I was like, um, did you not have just asked for that? Right. <laughs> and then he was, I was like, why is this part of the shakedown? <laughs> And then he was like, he was demanding 11 free round trip tickets to Puerto Rico. So it was like he wanted to help Hurricane Maria. Right. And I feel like maybe you should demand it. I mean, you right. can attract flies better with honey than vinegar. Exactly. I was like, is he, so is he Robin Hood? Like, what is he doing? That yeah. was weird. That was weird. But you know, 50, you know, he is gonna, right. he is going to take all the legal action he can, just like he did yeah. poor Tierra Marie, which word on the street is she pregnant, but well, I don't think mm. she's announced it yet. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, you know, he harasses her every other day about wanting his money back. And I feel like he's going to take this as far as he can. But the thing about it also was like, he had posted something about that officer, but he deleted it on Instagram. So, I mean, yeah. His hands ain't clean, but I'm just Well, they never are. (laughs) I mean, they never are. But if you are an officer of the law, it's like you have a standard that you you have to uphold. Especially if you're a supervisor and you're telling people. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like I said, what if somebody had actually listened to him taking him seriously? Right. And I think it was one of the other cops that turned him in, Mm -hmm. which was funny. (laughs) <laughs> Happy Black History Month. <laughs> so everybody who's been on Twitter for more than five minutes has like, you know, tweeted out something real cute with a typo and then people start retweeting it and you can't delete the tweet because you want that recognition. And so that's been a very big struggle for a long time. And we've been asking Twitter to give us an edit option. Twitter was like, nah, nah, nah. Don't worry about that. <laughs> like, they've so. given us everything except <laughs> even things that we didn't want. Most of the things that we didn't want. Um, <laughs> they started giving me news updates. They started telling me, like, what Trump's doing. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> right. That's they started putting I my timeline <laughs> in the order that they wanted it in. Right. Like, no, no. Just give me my edit button. <laughs> and they'll give me my option to like do it latest. And then next time I log in, they're like, it's back to how they want. And I'm like, can I get that option permanently? <gasps> permanently. <laughs> permanently. I don't want to see the same five people's tweets from two days ago. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but instead, they were like, okay, so a lot of people have been getting in trouble from their tweets from like 2009. So we're going to make a clarifying function. This was so stupid. Oh, God. <laughs> it's low-key just, like, retweeting your old tweet and be like, hey, y'all, just kidding. I wasn't like that. And that's what it does. That's all it is. <laughs> it's like, what is the purpose of it? So basically, I guess they're saying the purpose is you can't retweet the original tweet without the recant attached to it mm-hmm. is what they're saying that the purpose is. but. To me, this sounds like a bunch of people who realize that they may have said some fucked up shit in the past. Mm-hmm. And so now we're going to put this. Because who was asking for this? No one. But you know yeah. what we keep asking for? Our edit button. Our edit button. <laughs> no one has asked for this. Are you crazy? <laughs> like, 
and like you said, so we're just gonna retweet our original tweet with a comment because that's right. what it is. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Ugh. We could have already did that. <laughs> it's like is <sighs> I, is Biz is Biz still in charge of Twitter or did he sell it? I don't know. I I need to tweet Biz and find out what's up because <laughs> this is just ridiculous. It just yeah. sounds like a bunch of people who recognize and not not a bunch of people like I said something messed up, but people who have things at stake like millions of dollars and they just want to be sure that nothing comes back on them or that they can say because then they were like and it gives you the opportunity to show where you've grown and where you've learned better. Um, people can show that when they apologize. Like most of the time, what makes us get people out of here is the apology, yeah. not so much what they did, but how they respond to it. So, nah, we don't want to hear that. But also, are you gonna give me a list of tweets I might need to clarify? <laughs> like, right? <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna have a filter process and just kind of go through right. and like tell me, girl? So remember right. in two thousand nine when you were doing that, <laughs> right? Right. And give me the option to go back and fix it. Right. I'm just gonna have to like mass it, mass do it, and be like, I'm sorry for two thousand four. Teen, because I was on Twitter in 2004. <laughs> Listen, you know what? Just mm. from 2010 to uh, 2017, I'm just sorry. <laughs> like I, I joined Twitter in 2009. Yeah, and so probably, you know what? I'm gonna take a, a note from you. I probably just start about 2010 because that's when I locked my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to start from when I locked it because when it wasn't locked, I was, I was a little more cautious of what I said. <laughs> then when I locked it, it was all, <laughs> I don't know. I was about to say, maybe they'll get it right, but they won't, they won't, <laughs> they will not. Um, <laughs> the next one again, happy black history month. <laughs> guy made a pale face turtleneck in response <laughs> to the Gucci's blackface sweater. Um, his name is Marcus Morris Simpson and not all heroes were cake. But basically it's like a what you call it, like a beige sweater. Yeah. But it also has like these tiny lips <laughs> embroidered on it. I mean so tiny. <laughs> it's so, so tiny. <laughs> And yeah, you can pull it up on your neck. He says $890. I doubt he's actually making it, but it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, see, when I first saw it on Instagram, the lips are so thin. I didn't realize they were <laughs> embroidered. I thought someone took a marker and did it. <laughs> like, I didn't realize that this was real. Um, And then really until this article, and he said that he didn't mean for it to be real at first, but then got such a huge response so now he's actually gonna sell these sweaters and even though he's gonna sell them for about 50 bucks i'm still not buying one yeah i i have a thing where like if my neck is covered i'm really hot so i can't wear a turtleneck i love turtlenecks but <laughs> as a girl who wears a full face um to work every day oh yeah don't do that <laughs> that color turtleneck would look for it like i might wear it on the weekend when i really don't wear that much makeup so i might wear it on the weekend <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah i thought it was hilarious like 
the lips are just so thin. They're so thin. Like, I literally thought someone took a pen and did it. (laughs) It is so small. It is so so thin. But, you know, that's what I love about us. It's like, yes. We're always hilarious, no matter what's going on. Yeah, half of the time it's just laughing to keep from crying. But exactly, exactly. There it is. <laughs> uh, so moving on to the next, uh, actually, our someone something section. So there is this eleven-year-old boy, and he refused to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. And his reasoning, which you know, <laughs> you can take what you will, but he told the substitute teacher that. He felt like the American flag is racist against black people. And the teacher, I think, was from Cuba. And was like, mm-hmm. why? If it's so bad here, why don't you go somewhere else to live? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, he is so woke. <laughs> but he was like, uh, they brought me here. <laughs> right. And they just went back and forth. And then turned into a situation where they brought in the resource officer. And he ended up being arrested for I guess fighting with the teacher and the resource officer I don't know but I know you've probably read a lot about the school to prison pipeline yes and it's just like at the end of the day maybe he was not the most respectful about his approach but he's a child and he shouldn't have been arrested nor should charges have been pressed against at all and having police officers in school and doing things like this is is a huge part of the school to prison pipeline and there's no need for first of all let me back back and say that i'm glad that at least the school recognizes that the substitute was out of place and she will no longer be working at any school in the district however they're not acknowledging the fact that she prodded him and that she pushed this along. And when you act like a child, they're going to play that game with you. Mm-hmm. She should have been the adult and left it alone. Mm-hmm. And the school district did step forward and clarify that, um, well, you know, students don't have to recite the pledge. They don't have to stand up for it. Now they did say some bullshit, like you have to have written permission from a parent to skip out, but they did clarified that students are not made to do so and that the sub was wrong but they're still not seeing the fault and I still want the charges dropped for this child and I still want them to issue an apology and I still want the mom to take legal action Mm -hmm. because it was just uncalled for it really it was really it was really triggering for me yeah (laughs) like not not triggering for me personally but it just made me so mad because it didn't have to go this way and it makes me angry that it even got to that point it should have Mm -hmm. never gotten to that point yeah and how do adults let something like that happen there's no adult in power because i recognize that there are plenty of adults in the building and there were plenty of those adults who could have said hey don't do this but their voices could have been ignored. So there were no adults in power who saw that this was wrong to arrest this child. Like I just, an 11 year old. Are you, are you kidding me? Now, you know, uh, Benjamin Croom is already halfway over there trying to help them with a civil lawsuit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. sure Sean King's going to put up a fuss. (laughs) 
See, you didn't have to go there. <laughs> All right. Of the two, I think I dislike Crew more because I feel like he's always like, as soon as he's like, hmm, I smell racism, but I'm here to help with this lawsuit. <laughs> I smell a racism afoot. <laughs> And I'm just like, go away. <laughs> well, see, I, so when I stopped following Kroon, he no longer showed up on my timeline. Whereas Sean, I stopped following him, but he still ends up on my timeline. Yeah. So it's like, I'm, I still get super irritated by him. So I think that's the difference for me. But anyway, yeah, it was just, um, and I saw on Twitter, Tracy from um, Another Round, which she is going to be hosting a new podcast. And I don't remember the name of it. So I don't know why I mentioned it. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, Tracy from Another Round posed the question on Twitter, when did you first stop playing the pledge? And I was looking at the responses and a lot of y'all just woke as hell because I most of them were like in elementary school, somewhere around then. I was a little bit older. I was in high school. By the time I just stopped saying it, I still stood, like I still stand, mm-hmm. but I was in high school and it wasn't a conscious decision. It was just like, why am I saying this? I, mm-hmm. I don't give, they don't give a fuck about me. Why am I saying it? And I just kind of stopped. Um, I was probably in elementary school by the time I stopped putting my hand on my heart. <laughs> honestly my only reason for that was because it felt like I felt like I knew when they say um one god that they're truly speaking of one god and it is it negates whatever other religion someone else may have and that just seemed strongly un-American to me so I kind of stopped putting my hand on my heart. That was probably about fifth or sixth grade that I stopped putting my hand on my heart. But I was just shocked to see how many people stopped saying the pledge, like really young. Like I thought I was young when I stopped, but people said like they stopped. Of course, a lot of people said that like, their parents had told them to stop. So yeah, I, was I guess that makes say. a difference. Mm. <laughs> I mean, of course, I grew up in a very different area. so. I mean, not area, but, like, community. So I went to private mm-hmm. school. Not only did we do the the flag, we did the Christian flag, the Bible. <laughs> and so I didn't really think about it then. Like, I had teachers who did devotion with us in the morning. I had several teachers that did that in the morning. And one in particular, I remember her asking everybody if they were comfortable with it Mm -hmm. and when I look back now I'm like you asked a bunch of third graders (laughs) and I loved her she was one of my favorite teachers but when I look back now I'm like we loved you whatever you would have said we would have been okay with yeah but you know I mean I had teachers that did that and just about mm, not I don't I don't know how long but for a long time we did in the morning like over the intercom, said the pledge and, you know, saluted the flag or whatever after the announcements. And I mean, so it was commonplace in public school as well. I, I just don't think it was, I know that it wasn't as ingrained, like, you know, all the way through 12th grade. And it definitely wasn't as ingrained as far as if someone wanted to opt out. Because I do remember a little girl in my classroom, she was a Jehovah's Witness, and I remember her 
not doing it and nobody made a big deal about it. Yeah. So some of the people, I was just, I don't know. I was shocked. What do you think? Um, as long as everybody gets to the place where they start looking at things critically. Um, oh, yeah. I don't care when to get there, <laughs> you know, like. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not making a judgment call. Yeah. I just, I was shocked to see that people were doing it so young. Yeah. And that. I mean, truth be told, I'm sure Becca, like, in first grade was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> this is oppressive. I'm not doing it. <laughs> this is still oppressive. I'm not. You're right. <laughs> I can I just, your cute little Becca doing it. <laughs> I just one day hope to be the social justice warrior that she is. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> I, you know, but then that also poses the question. Do I want to tell my children, hey, we don't do that? Or do I want to follow more my dad's lead? Because I remember when I told my dad that I wasn't saying the pledge anymore. And he was like, that's great. I've really been waiting on you to, you know, come around. He was like, I just felt like that's something you need to figure out on your own. And I knew you eventually would. Great. So I I don't know. Like, am (laughs) am I going to tell my little kid? don't do this or am I going to let them kind of figure it out? I think it's like kids at church where like some kids, their parents will like go down the aisle, go ahead and go get baptized. And then some parents are like, I'm going to wait for you (laughs) to decide this on your own. (laughs) My granny definitely made me go. (laughs) She definitely made me go. I was outside playing. She was like, I'm going to take a bath. You're going to church tonight. You're getting on the morning bench. I was like, what? No. <laughs> See, my parents didn't push us, and so we were later, like probably yeah. in, like early middle school. But it was a yeah. decision that we chose. <laughs> and I do think that that makes a difference yeah. because, of course, I love the Lord and I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. Yeah. But as I, th- I was in the third grade. As a third grader, I mean, I don't know. Sure, I believe because. My mama told me to believe yeah. because my granny, I'm here because my granny told me to, <laughs> like, you know? So I do think that makes a difference to get there on your own. Yeah. And I think we can lay out the facts to our kids. Yeah. And at least yeah. keep them educated and let them make the decision. <laughs> the what? My <laughs> tongue got like. <laughs> the what, Zoya? The My tongue just caught, caught up in my mouth make the decision yeah. that Paloma <laughs> is caught up in your mouth. <laughs> it was just, anyways. Um, yeah. So, you know, it is what it is, but that 11 year old does not deserve a charge. He does not. And we gotta stop taking these kids to jail. Definitely. So, moving along to our poor life decision. <laughs> so, uh, this is one where People have a lot of opinions about, but is it doesn't take away from the fact that it's very real. So our just um our poor life decision for this week is on the topic of microaggressions. And so the thing about microaggressions is it's not as egregious as like somebody pointing at you and be like, You nigger. <laughs> it's not. Right. But it's just very little tiny things that still make somebody who is not the majority, who is not a white man uncomfortable in in the workplace or in life in general so it's even things like walking down the street and some old lady like clutches her purse tighter 
girl, I don't want what's in your purse. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but um, I think in my everyday life, I feel like the areas that I have met microaggressions more often now is in the workplace. Yes, same, <laughs> same. So um, one of the articles... <laughs> Take a deep breath. One of the articles we're reading was from Bustle. It literally started off saying, some say feminism isn't necessarily necessary because sexism doesn't happen anymore. And it's a lot like people say racism, (laughs) you know, like, you know, fighting for civil rights isn't necessary because racism doesn't happen anymore. But there's so many issues, like, not like I'd say put away race, but there's so many issues even more when it comes to being a woman in the workplace mm-hmm. that allow or force us as women to adopt uh, sexist attitudes towards ourselves. And um, a lot of times we do feel uncomfortable about it, but it's so micro that you can't even report it to HR without any retribution coming back to you because then people are like, right. oh, she's sensitive, don't talk. <laughs> right. So um, a few of the ones that really hit me because they gave 15 one of the ones that super really hit me was tone policing so they talk about how (laughs) (laughs) uh, when we behave assertively people start to call us bitchy aggressive pushy emotional a lot of people are like oh you're so emotional and they you know like (laughs) and it's like these are the Men who behave in the same way get to be called competent, you know. It's like, how many times have you had to recalculate what you were going <laughs> to say, whether it was in an email or during a meeting? Like, I can't just say what right. comes up. I have to weigh it first and make sure that it comes out in the right tone. Like, do you know how hard it is? Well, I know you <laughs> know, but do y'all know how hard it is to try to make sure that your tone is taken correctly in an email. Yeah. And that shit is so frustrating. It's so frustrating. And I've literally had someone tell me that I don't know how to talk to people. I've literally had a male, a white male supervisor tell me that when he berates people all the time, there's no way in hell that I've spoken to <laughs> anyone nearly as aggressively as he does. But because she gave you white woman tears, now you coming at me like I said something wrong when in actuality all I said was I don't know why you don't expect me to expect you to do your job. And that's literally what I said. But I don't know how to talk to people. But you yell at people or you're pur- you are purposely um, intimidating towards people. And it's like that damn tone police. Yeah. <laughs> And other women are the worst. Are, they're the worst. <laughs> like these, the way you mean to tell me you pissed because of something I said. When I know how this big ass man talks to you right. every day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm very big about writing emails and then rewriting emails. <laughs> uh, um, but is both tone policing and then the next one, language policing, that is really important to me. Yes. So they talk about when we speak in traditionally feminine manner, we are punished for that too. And they say we are taught that our uptalk makes us sound uncertain, when in reality we're using it to hold the floor so nobody interrupts us. 
Um, particularly for me, there's a lot of times I don't speak in absolutes if I'm not sure if that absolute's gonna happen. So right. you know, like Same. I'm not gonna be like, I'm gonna increase your business by two hundred percent when I know it may not happen and I don't want you to be mad at me about it later. So I'd be like, I believe, let's try. And my previous boss used to be like, Oh, you sound so unsure about you know, everything and people don't have confidence in you because you don't sound confident. And I'm like, this is just how I talk. <laughs> so I have to learn, especially because men are so good at laying on shit. And I had to learn how to yes. lay on shit just so that you can believe in me. <laughs> I have a coworker. We read each other's emails like as a double check system to be like, does this sound okay? You know, is she going to come up here with white tears? Like, you know, and that's sad. That is so sad that we have to do that. And like you said, I'm the type of person, I don't, if I don't know, listen, everybody's entitled to an opinion, but I like for my opinions to be based in fact. So if I don't know the facts about everything, if I don't know the data behind what it is we're discussing, I tend to not speak in absolutes because I don't know. (laughs) And like, I really wish that more often you would say, I don't know. Like, why are you here being so sure and sounding stupid? But, you know, no one's going to tell you you sound stupid. So it's just, that one took me out. Those two, tone and language, definitely took me out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's things that are probably more egregious you know, like stuff like sizeism. Nobody's gonna come to my face and be like, "Oh, you that." <laughs> they may, you know, like look at me crazy if I pick up that cookie, but they ain't gonna say it. <laughs> they ain't crazy, <laughs> but um, right. um, yeah, those two were the biggest thing because I do feel like, um, in my career, men have told me that I don't come across as confident enough because I don't speak exactly how they speak about things and. Whereas I'm quite the opposite in my career. Men have told me I come across too aggressive <laughs> because I'm sure of myself. But that's the thing about it is that I've never actually been yeah. aggressive. I just know my stuff and they know that I know my stuff. And when you say something dumb, and mind you, it's not like I sit there and say that was dumb. You get labeled as being aggressive. You get labeled as being an angry black woman and it's just the you know what the funny part is so one of the other microaggressions that was mentioned was mansplaining (laughs) i don't get a lot of that happening to me because they know i know what the fuck i'm talking about so it's like which one is it dog like you wanna you wanna tell me that i'm not confident enough because i'm just backing down and not really talking about what i don't know about you can't win Damn it, Overeasy, you can't win. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Yeah, I think my old boss thought I was his little pet project, so he would try to groom me uh. to be more like him. <laughs> and that was mm. not a thing that I wanted to do. But, um, yeah, like like I said, at the end of the day, like I am very big about, like, I don't like speaking absolutes if I don't. If I can't promise you that this is going to happen, I'm not going to say it's going to happen. But I also work right. in an industry where 76% of marketers make up um, statistics all the time. <laughs> yeah. I just made that yeah. one up. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, just, you know, 
people who have the gift of bullshit get a lot farther. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I don't. Like, That's not me. I just can't do it. But, so yeah, it's just, we all have the whole list of microaggressions, but those ones were the ones that really, really struck a nerve. <laughs> uh. um, I do also want to include the wage oh, gap yeah. because it is true and factual no matter what your yeah. industry is. No matter what it is. Like, I honestly thought I was entering something that a wage gap didn't exist because there's a pay mm-hmm. scale. There's a pay scale on mm-hmm. paper. Mm-mm. Once I got to the level where I am now, I know how that shit is finagled. So, I just wanted to point out. Yeah, and uh, that's the one that's, like, so hard for me. Like, just negotiating mm-hmm. and be like, hey, you, you need to pay me this. <laughs> so... And see, I work in a field where negotiation is not encouraged, especially yeah. as a woman. But what I didn't know was that these men mm-hmm. were negotiating. Yeah, so it's just like people, <laughs> and then especially, I think the real tool for battling wage gap is when we're honest with each other, even as peers. And so like, I know in my company, they're very big about telling you to be secretive about how much you make. And it's because they don't want to tell you that they paying the person next to you ten thousand dollars more, <laughs> you know, like to do the same job. Oh. Um, that was just an example. I don't know, but um, there. Well, no, that's a good point because I had to apologize to a colleague mm-hmm. before because she asked someone else about their salary and she was kind of insistent mm-hmm. about it. So we're the only two blacks in this group where we were meeting. And I told her, I was like, you know, that's really rude. You don't really ask people their salary, you know, whatever. Because I, I didn't just, wait a minute, let me back up. I didn't just pull her aside and say this to her as if yeah. I was chastising her. She asked me, you know, why was she dancing around telling me how much she making? I wanted to know and why, why, why? And I was like, well, it's actually kind of rude to ask people, blah, blah, blah. But then that was right around the time that we started hearing about, I think it was, it was somebody in Hollywood. Was it Jennifer Lawrence? Who was on a, I want to say it was, but I don't know if that's because that's really what it was. It was because she was in the article, but I want to say it was, but it was someone who I, who the male, ca- no, it was not. Mm-mm. It was, do you watch Elizabeth on uh, Netflix? Mm-mm. The queen. It's about queen Elizabeth. I don't know the name of the show. Anyway, I love it. I love it. Anyway, the lead character, the female who plays the lead character, queen Elizabeth, makes significantly less than the lead male character who plays her husband. And he's not on screen nearly as much yeah. as she is. And when I found that out, I was like, you know what? It is important that we talk about our salary. And I had to go back to her and say, you know what? Even though that's not where yeah. she was coming from, I did have to go back and say, you know what? You were right. We do need to know what each other's making. Here's what I make. So that you know, you know, when, 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 because we're in the same industry, but she worked somewhere different. So that you know when you're getting ready to negotiate, you can say, well, hey, I know this person works here and yeah. they're making this. So, um, yeah, I think that's the one way to break that wage gap. And I think millennials are starting to do a better job about that, especially using systems like, um, what's that website that has pay scale? Glassroom. So, like, <laughs> even giving people just, like, ranges of what people make with that same title so you can come in um, educated and 
ready to negotiate. So, unfortunately, as women, that's yeah. one thing that we do have to learn. I'm like, like I said, I'm not really happy with like, even like when I charge stuff for freelance stuff, I'm like, um, yeah, I charge this much, and I start to explain myself why I charge it, and I'm like, no, because if people believe in me and have the money, they're gonna pay. <laughs> and if they're being cheap, I don't want them. Yeah, because if I drop my prices, they're gonna be the most highest maintenance client there is and they're still gonna want my full effort when they don't want to pay my full money and i remember when you first started out and i was like no girl you gotta charge and and when i was yeah. see, i don't want to bring this up because you're gonna start when i was first talking about doing my blog and doing my YouTube channel and I was going to need your help and you were like we can do this this and this and like I had to tell you like okay but when we start you've got to charge me oh well yeah. um like no girl you've got to charge me. so I really love to see you stepping yeah. into that now this is what I do and this is yeah, my rate. and my rates are still because I was like being your friend and being your friend I don't expect right. a, a cut in rate what I do expect is being your friend. It's like, well, girl, we need to talk on Saturday. <laughs> then you'll talk right. to me on Saturday. <laughs> if, like, I expect little perks like that. Like, maybe talk to me outside yeah. of office hours if I, you know, need to. But not a cut in rate. Because your rate is your rate. And, like, yeah. that's not okay. Because at the end of the day, friends, family, they're still going to work you like a dog. So you might as well get paid. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, it's really funny because people will be like, they'll see you know, my work for somebody else and they'll ask me about a logo and I tell them and then they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and they disappear. And I was like, hey, you know, what's going on? And they're like, oh, I did something myself. And it always looks like they did something themselves. <laughs> and that hurts me, Dad. <laughs> I mean, part of it is I mean, you're you going to learn as you grow in your career um, as much as, like, you start to love your personal time. So, I'm like, I don't want to work all the time. <laughs> so if I work, you're going to have to pay me to work. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. You get what you right. pay for, bottom line. Um. So the other article, we'll just briefly go over it. Because I like this article because it talks about workplace microaggressions and what to do about them. So the other one was just talking about the aggression. I will caveat this with saying that like not all of these really occur to me <laughs> or I feel like black <laughs> sometimes um I guess some of them do but um so the first one was you speak excellent English and I think that particularly is the one that super didn't occur to me now when I was growing up when I was in school and places like that they'd be like oh you have excellent diction and I'm like okay <laughs> like oh, thank you I don't know but I feel like nobody says that to me in my co my workspace because we all speak English for the most part. <laughs> when I read that, I said, this is very specific mm -hmm. to this person. <laughs> and I said, they missed mm -hmm. the black part of that. And, and it is exactly what you said. So the black part is someone telling you, oh, you're very mm -hmm. articulate. I remember someone told me one time that she was proud of me because I used the word well correctly 
and I well. almost, almost, lost my, almost lost my job that day. Like I literally almost lost my job because I almost came out of my seat and whooped my ass. I was young then. I was young. Undergrad, I was young. But you proud of me, yeah. bitch? I do still get that sometimes about being articulate or being whatever, or you speak so well or whatever. And yeah, I hate it. And and that's exactly why I do not do that mm-hmm. to other black people. I don't say, I don't talk about how mm-hmm. someone else speaks because it is not okay to base my intelligence on the fact that I have a grasp of the King's yeah. English. I don't need you to compliment me simply because I can make a subject mm-hmm. and a verb agree. I don't care. And furthermore, I know plenty of people who are very intelligent, who have multiple degrees, and then they open their mouths mm-hmm. and you might not would think that, but so I do. So I don't do that to other people and I do not like it done to me. And I don't know, yeah. I felt a way when I read that one because I was like, I've had that happen to me too many and times. Also, I could switch like a mug. So. <laughs> and I exactly. Love people because we switch. have to. Because we have to. Yes. Yeah. It is a skill. So, a unfortunately, talent. for this, well, they're particularly talking about uh, Latinx and Asian Americans. Um, and how they feel like they're a perpetual alien in their country because they might look like you expect a different accent from them. And they were just saying, thank you, I hope so, I was born here, was the response. And I was like, well, that means nothing to me because <laughs> while I was born here, nobody was expecting me to sound any differently than I do. But I'm going to start using that. Okay, that's great. I was born here. Like, well, I hope so. Well, thank you. I would hope so. I, I read books here. like shit. Because essentially, because <laughs> essentially, that's what they're saying. Like, I don't, I don't even, essentially, yeah. that's what they're saying. It's that, oh, you speak proper English. They're not really, they are not really complimenting your articulation or your diction. They are complimenting your use of grammar. So I am going to start saying, I thought, you know what? They missed the black angle here, but I am definitely going to start saying thank you. I was, I was born here. <laughs> um, the next one was what she's trying to say is, and so basically is the notion of mansplaining, which, yeah. Mm, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, in this way, it was weird because they kind of like asked for female allies to interject on your behalf and I'm like I don't need <laughs> allies <laughs> I feel like I want to be like right. no what I said was what I said <laughs> right or I right. don't expand on what I said if people are confused but like I don't feel like I should require somebody else to speak on what I said yeah, that was the biggest, and I mentioned it to you before, that was the biggest thing for me with this article is it hinged everything on having white allies, and it just made me uncomfortable, because it's like, I don't, I mean, <laughs> and let me not make it seem like I don't get along yeah. with my white coworkers because I do, but I just, I don't, I don't, I don't need to depend on anyone else for my validation. That makes me I think there's a thin line between, like, I, I believe allies are necessary, but also sometimes it feels like playing into the white savior mentality, which we also don't want. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just a very exactly. thin Exactly. Um, the next one, which 
oddly enough, like I have coworkers that change their hair all the time. And I don't know if white people are just trying to like be courteous, but that was just like, oh, I like your hair like oh, that. I like I wore a wig once. The lady was like, oh, I like your hair with your hair braided. And I was like, okay, thanks. You know, like, <laughs> so they never do ask, is that right. your natural hair? They're not going to ask, is that a wig? They'll be like, oh, you changed your hair color. Oh, your hair is longer this time. <laughs> Which is probably a micro microaggression, yeah. but they just try to be appreciative in the way they can without speaking to the fake hair. I guess my thing is though, why do you have to say anything, bitch? Why you gotta say I, anything? I guess just don't guess say anything. Cause... Like if you want to say, "Oh, I yeah. like your hair," leave it at that. Well, they like to like praise new looks. <laughs> with other coworkers. I don't right. even praise them. I mean, it's the same. I guess to me, <laughs> they try their best. They're trying to be nice. It's kind of like me shouting out a haircut. Like, I'm like, oh, you got your haircut. You know, like, it's just, just like a small boost compliment of the day. I've never had a coworker ask me yeah. about my natural hair, but I have had a coworker say before that she, I had gotten a, a sew-in and I had been wearing braids previously. And she was like, oh, I love your hair when it's straight. Like, I really, but the way she said it, she said it like she wanted me to know that that's how I should wear my hair from now on. (laughs) And I just smiled. Of course, this is pre-coffee, so I'm really (laughs) proud of how I handled it. But I just smiled and I said, thank you. And I said, you know, fortunate for me, I don't have to wear my hair how you like it. And I turned around and continued fixing my coffee. And like, I could feel her behind me Mm -hmm. just brewing but bitch y'all have to wear my hair like you like it so um it's again this one was one one that felt like was focused on black women and even the way they tried to like combat it wasn't really that great <laughs> so um <laughs> they talk about if it's co-workers just pull them by and say the comment was offensive i don't know like i said it just depends so when my coworker was like, I love your hair and braided and I knew it was a wig and she probably knew it was a wig. I was like, well, thank you. <laughs> and I just kept moving. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, it's so offensive that right. commenting on the hair on my head. It doesn't bother me. Comment on it is fine. And that's what I'm saying. Why right. can't they just leave it at the comment and then move on? Yeah. I don't need the extra. And then the last one was, I think I'll sit over here. And this one, one actually made me laugh. So basically you're talking about how uh, some teacher was talking about how their african-american students told them that on the first day when they sit in class the seats next to them are often allowed to be taken and i think in college i've been hurt by this but um, i fly southwest a lot and what i've learned is nobody wants to sit between two black people so i usually find a black person who's sitting in the window (laughs) always like sitting in the aisle and i sit in that row with them because nobody wants to sit between us if it's not a full flight nobody's <laughs> sitting beside us <laughs> and so that's like right. that's my black privilege <laughs> it's just um playing people's you know microaggressions against them and being able to have a little bit of room to move my feet <laughs> yeah and i looked at that and i'm kind of like you i was like okay i think i can understand how maybe a college student would feel about this. Maybe, I mean, it, I don't remember experiencing yeah. anything like that in college, but I I could understand how it may bother someone. But for me, I'm going to sit with my friends anyway. 
And when I come into a room, say I'm going to a meeting or something and I don't have any friends there, I automatically go to where the other black people are anyway. Furthermore, if I do sit somewhere where I'm by myself, because I like to sit up front so that I can pay attention. (laughs) If I do sit up there and no one sits next to me, I'm hella happy so I can spread all my shit out. So it's like, I don't ever really think about that. It doesn't bother me, but I I guess I do understand how it could yeah. bother someone. Like I said, I guess I'm applying it to the airplane situation. I don't really like people sitting beside me anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. Like, you don't care. You don't care like, anyway. Please don't sit beside me. That's like my favorite thing about flying Southwest is I know that the flight's not full. If I sit beside a black person, ain't nobody sitting beside us. <laughs> too much i've only flown southwest once well twice if because it was round trip but i it just it, it stresses me out like i need oh, i need to book yeah. my seat ahead of time i need to have my seat and yeah just, i mean i definitely me like that um and i still stress before every flight because basically i was flying american and then they started doing this stupid basic economy stuff and i'm like you're not about to treat me secondhand citizen in the economy section of the plane so (laughs) and i'm not paying 30 dollars more for you to make me you know a normal citizen so i started flying southwest work because they're both based out of dallas and i'm very particular about you know checking in really quick um i've done like the prepay early check-in thing but honestly so many people do it that you still end up in the b class of things so i'm just exactly um i just gamble but usually it's not bad but my biggest thing is i have to sit in the aisles i just feel claustrophobic anywhere far from the aisle (laughs) i well I'm okay with the, I prefer the aisle. I would be okay with the window, but I prefer the aisle because I'm going to have to pee. Like that I know too. it's going to happen. That's the biggest so. thing. I'm going to cross over y'all like a half. No. <laughs> right. And and I have told someone before, like, um, okay, so I totally don't mind sitting in the middle, but I'm just saying, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to have to pee. And probably more than once. <laughs> yeah. So um, basically, the people in the article, they said a lot of people see these individual acts as harmless, trivial, or insignificant. But we, what we have found is when employees are in this type of environment, their work productivity declines, which is what they care about. <laughs> and they have a harder time learning. Mm-hmm. Right. The, only thing, <laughs> uh, the thing that is damaging about microaggressions is that if you don't know how to respond to them or feel like you can't, then you feel disempowered. But when you have the right strategies, you feel impressed. These weren't the right strategies, but we will um, see if we can find some more for y'all. But it was just good to be able to talk about how talk about how it feels and how we try to overcome it in our in our different ways. So, alrighty. So, moving on to our favorite part of the pod: buy you a drink. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and start because I actually have one that I remember right now. And so I'm buying a drink for cupcakes. Because <laughs> mm. sometimes you want cake, but you don't want a whole cake. <laughs> so you just get a little cake. <laughs> okay. And that makes me happy. <laughs> um, You want to expound? 
That's it. You want a little cake. You get a little cake and it's delicious. <laughs> My um coworker actually bought me a Galentine's cupcake for Valentine's. So I was really excited about that. With sprinkles. Oh, I didn't. I didn't buy anything for anyone for Valentine's Day, but this is the first time I've never bought anything for my nieces, but my sisters keep having kids. I got too many nieces. <laughs> and like, I know that they expect me, especially my oldest niece. Like, I know they expect me to come through with the bomb gift. And mm-hmm. it's like, I just, so I just didn't this year. I don't know. I still feel kind of bad. I'll probably make it up to them because I still feel bad. <laughs> no, I, um, I bought like a, it's so funny. I walked into Target on Valentine's Day and I was like, I need one of those school packs of cards to give out. And Aww. this is how I know God was looking out for me. They had two ones left. One was Llamas. One was Avengers. Um, if you're around me for more than five minutes, you'll learn that I love Llamas. <laughs> <laughs> so I was so excited to be able to give everybody a Llama Valentine. That's sweet. So, I'm going to buy a drink. <laughs> I probably should. I want to buy a drink for Red Bull. Now, let me just tell you. Mm. I had a slight Red Bull addiction a while back. <laughs> and basically, my doctor was like, your heart's about to jump out of your chest. You're going to have to stop. So, I cut him off cold turkey. And I rarely have one. But one day at work this past week, I was so freaking listen I cannot explain how sleepy I was like I was about to fall asleep on my face and I keep a reserved red bull in my desk (laughs) and it's been there for a while I popped it open and it was like I sprang into life it was like I heard angels sing (laughs) it felt so good and it was like oh why did I leave you in the first place? But I haven't had any more since then. That was a few days ago. I just want to buy a drink for Red Bull for coming through in the clutch. Coming through <laughs> when I need <laughs> And that's it. It gives you wings. <laughs> Done. Done. <laughs> Alrighty, so this has been another riveting episode of Four Life Decisions. Y'all hear my white voice? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, we're so excited that you're here to listen with us. So if you want to chat with us offline, um, throughout the week, definitely hit us up on Instagram. We are poor life decision, one decision because we're changing our decisions one at a time. Mm-hmm. And then on Twitter, we are PLD pod and you can hear about most of my adult struggles, especially at two o'clock in the morning. So, <laughs> oh, I did want to say, um, Oh, crap. <laughs> Good talk. I, I know, right? Um, I did want to tell everyone to check out, I think it is episode 28 of Guess What You're Gonna Hate. Oh, yeah. Doyen was a co-host on the show, did a great job. Um, I actually love, love, love their theme song. I have now subscribed to their uh, pod, and I'm ready to i'm gonna back listen to uh their past episodes but yeah zoyan was a guest host on guess what you're gonna hate they were talking all about 
a Valentine's Day slasher movie. It was called and, My Bloody Valentine and it's on and Netflix. And you just have to know how Dorgan hates, like, she hates scary movies, but she wasn't scared about this at all. So yeah, it was not scary. Whatsoever. You did a great job. Um, everyone go check it out. Multi-talented Dorgan. <laughs> Yeah, and they're uh, one of my really cool Lady Pod Squad friends, and basically they talk about uh, 2000s pop culture, which we should all know a little bit something about. So <laughs> check yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, check it out. Um, also, I mentioned this before. Like when we ask you guys questions, we expect an answer. Okay, <laughs> so. So, uh, I am going to be posting maybe some journal prompts or questions and, you know, we just want to hear you guys feedback so that we can talk about it. If you don't want everyone to know it's you, you don't want, you know, your name mentioned, just slide in our DMs and let us know you don't want to be identified, but we definitely want to hear from you. We definitely want to hear your feedback. We cater to the people. Okay. We're here to help you correct your poor life decisions as much as we're trying to correct our own so let us know what things you're struggling with let us know things we need to cover like i said slide those dms if you don't want us to like if you don't want everyone to know you know i get it you can also email us at hello at poorlifedecision.com and because we have an email address an email and it sounds so legit (laughs) (laughs) um but that's all I have, I think. Is that all? Yeah. All right. Well, thank y'all for tuning in. We will see y'all next week. We love y'all. Bye. Love you. Bye. Hey, today. Uh, 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 uh. Baby, I got your money. Don't you worry.